0: I don't know about you, but if you're like me, TV infomercials are quite fascinating and, and a little funny too, especially the ones that come on late at night and you're, you're sleepy and you need to go to bed, you're staying up, you don't know why and you're watching this and you're considering purchasing it and you don't know why because you don't need it. It's just fascinating, it, and they're all pretty much the same. Isn't it true that no matter what's being sold, whether it's food or an appliance or a piece of clothing or a cleaner, isn't it fascinating that it all costs $19.99, <laughs> and back in the day, plus shipping and handling, of course, because we have to get it to you, um, and that, but that's only, that's only if you call now, because operators are standing by at 1.30 a.m. in the morning, Sure, and, and I know it's changed a little bit now, you know, and the uh, internet and all that kind of stuff, but it, it's, it's interesting, too, that they know that you're getting ready to turn it off, and they stop you, they sweeten the deal, and they say the same thing every time, but wait, there you there you see, you saw it, <laughs> right, you guys were up, too, right, but wait, there's more. And then they're going to throw a second one in for the same low price of $19.99. <laughs> it's like fascinating stuff. And you look at this, and it's just, to me, I find myself being a skeptic kind of, kind of person anyway, going, yeah, that's not going to work. Yeah, that's not going to work. It doesn't work for me because I've bought stuff before. I've bought stuff, and maybe you have too. And I haven't bought a lot of stuff, but I've bought stuff before, I got it home, and I'm like, it doesn't clean like this. I mean, I've got a shirt also with blood and wine on it, <laughs> and I dip it in, and it's still got all this junk on it, right? Like, who, right? Why is that not always the case? Why you have a white shirt, and it's always like grape juice or wine and blood? <laughs> wow, that's a little extreme. Uh, anyway, you find yourself going, that'll never work for me. That is too good to be true, and you turn it off, and you, you know, go to bed or go do something else. When the angels came to the shepherds who were watching over their flock by night, and they made this grand proclamation of the birth of the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the promised one. The way they made the announcement, if you're honest and you look at it in those terms, it might have had a little bit of an infomercial vibe to it. Just hang with me. The angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Can you hear it? Right? Good news, great joy, all people. That's a big statement. Those are pretty big claims, right? Good news, great joy, all people. I wonder if the shepherds were like, eh. That's a mighty tall order there. I mean, yeah, good news, great joy, all people. Wow, that's, that's a lot to live up to. Whew. And I wonder, I wonder why people don't still see it as good news, great joy for all people. I wonder. I wonder why in our day and time when... The majority of people hear the name Jesus or interact with Jesus' people, Christians, or get close to the church or interact with the beliefs that are, are kind of lumped in together with what Christians believe. I wonder why people's takeaway or not is not good news, great joy, all people don't. I mean, that was the announcement. That's how the whole thing got kicked off. Don't you think it would make sense that if this is the way it was announced, that that would be our takeaway, looking back, that even still today, it should be good news, great joy in all people, but for a lot of people, it's not. And I think that's on us, as followers of Jesus. Because I think people look at the way we live our lives, and they listen to the things we say and the way we say it, and they often conclude, good news? Because when I get around Christians and I and I and I hear what they say and I especially listen to the way the media portrays Christians, it's it's always about bad news. It's always about how bad people are and how horrible the world is and how awful everything is. It seems to be all Christians want to talk about. That doesn't seem good. Great joy? Great joy? I don't know, because when I hear Christians talk sometimes, and I, and I listen to the message that they put out there, it, it's kind of confusing, and it often comes off kind of restrictive and exclusive. All people? All. All? All people? Because I, I don't know about you, but when I listen to some Christians, and I, and I see the way it's portrayed, and even if I go back to my experiences it, in the past, it's It seems that this good news and great joy is not for all people. It's just for a few select people who think a certain way, believe a certain way, and follow all the rules. Everybody else is left out. Yeah. So I, I present to you. That if people and the world's takeaway still, when they hear Jesus' name and they interact with who Jesus is and what Jesus is all about, if their takeaway is still not good news, great joy, all people, that's on us. It's not Jesus' fault. Somewhere along the way, Jesus' followers have misunderstood. We're not getting it. We're missing it. We're misrepresenting who Jesus is what Jesus came to do, and what he has put us here to do. Now, the third verse of O Holy Night brings us back to who Jesus is, what Jesus came to do, and what he has called us to do. It it brings us back. It's fascinating. It's so deep. It's so rich. Look at verse 3. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love. His gospel is peace. Truly. Surely. What he taught us to do was love one another. His law is love. And his gospel is peace. If we get that right, then it becomes good news and great joy to all people. And when we miss this, We missed something vitally important. I wonder what the lyricist who wrote these words was thinking. I wonder what was motivating him to write these words. Possibly, quite possibly, he was reflecting back on Jesus' final meal with his closest followers, the disciples. Just hours before Jesus would be crucified. And Jesus is sharing a meal with these close friends and followers. But before the meal, they did what was customary in first century Jewish world. When you would come to dinner at the end of the day, you would wash your feet before you ate. I'm sure they would wash their hands too. But, you know, we just focus on the hands part. They would wash their feet too. And the reason they would is because of the way that eating went back then first century Jewish world. They didn't sit at tables like we do that are about 30 inches off the ground. This is your average table height, 28 to 30 inches, you know, so your feet are under the table. No, the tables tables were much lower to the ground, like uh, 12 to 18 inches off the ground, and so you would recline. You would be laying down kind of on your side. You would recline to the side, and you would eat that way, which means your feet are this way or that way up in somebody else's eating space. They need to be clean. So you'd wash your feet. But in this instance, John was there and he recorded what Jesus did. Jesus took a towel and he washed his disciples' feet for them before dinner. He washed their feet. What a humble act of service and love and grace. And then Jesus turns to his followers, his disciples, and said, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. What had he just done for them and to them? He had just washed their feet. And so he says, I want you to do this for each other. And then he continued the conversation, which made it obvious Jesus was not just talking about washing feet. He was talking about something much, much greater and much, much more. This was just an example of what he was calling them to do. So he goes on. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. You like rules? Here's a rule. Here's a new commandment. Love each other. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. How had Jesus just loved them? Well, in the moment, in the room, he had just done this selfless, serving act of love. He had just washed their feet. So he's saying, that was an act of love, so you should do this for each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. And in the hours following this moment, he would give his life for them, and not just for them, but for the entire world, past, present, and future, all humanity. And I wonder in that moment, did they hear these words again? Just as I have loved you, in all lessons they haven't even begun to see in love yet. But Jesus said, just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Now, check this out. Your love for each other, your love for one another, will prove to the world that you are my disciples, that we're connected, that we're about the same thing. I think that's what the author of these words, he must have been thinking something about that or something near that when he said, truly, Jesus taught us to love one another. His law, his commandment is love, and his gospel is peace. It's about sharing what you've received. The love of Jesus. His law is love. His law is love. What's Jesus' law? What is Jesus when Jesus throws the law down? When Jesus throws the book down? When Jesus opens it up and he calls people on the carpet? What's his law? Love. See, I give you a new commandment. Love. His law is love. His law is not a list. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. You see, maybe you always thought it was. You do this and do this and do this, and you don't do that and you don't do that and you don't do that and you don't hang out with people who do. You're good to go. Well, if you get the list a little bit better than your neighbor gets it, you're good to go, right? If you do better than most, I mean, because nobody's perfect, come on now. His law is love. His law is not a list. You see, we, we, we like lists, don't we? We like lists because lists, black and white, do's and don'ts, that, that clarifies it. That lets us know who's in and who's out, who's right and who's wrong and where we fall. But it's interesting that Jesus didn't give us a list. He gave us love. And he gave us an example to pattern after. Now, love is so much more simple than A list but it's far more demanding than a list. Listen carefully. Loving people is so much more simple of a focus than a list and rule keeping and following and who's in and who's out. But I can promise you, I guarantee you, it's much harder, much more demanding. It's messier. You'll ask more questions than you give answers. You'll wrestle with it. His law is love. That's going to govern the world. That's going to guide and govern all people, especially his people, it's love. And his gospel, he said, is peace. His gospel is peace. His gospel, his good news, because that's what the word gospel means. The word gospel means good news. So the good news of Jesus that the angels came to proclaim, the lyricists of O Holy Night said his gospel is peace. That was his takeaway. That's what the angel said. Peace to all people. Wow. His gospel is peace. His gospel is not fighting and resisting those who disagree with you, who live differently than you, who dislike you. Hold that. We'll come back to it. Fascinating stuff. So, so the author of O Holy Night Is actually beginning to describe to us the way of Jesus and what Jesus' love looks like. And he goes on chains shall he break. This is what Jesus is about. This is the good news that brings great joy for all people. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother. The one that has been pushed out to the edges. The one that has been disregarded. The one that has been misused and abused and oppressed. The one that has been pushed aside. The ones that are on the fringes have been invited to the table. Because we all have a seat through Jesus. For the slave is now our brother. Yes, them. Them? Yes, her. Him? Yes. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. In his name. This is the way of Jesus. This is the way Jesus did things. In his name, all oppression. All taking advantage of another person for any reason stops. In Jesus' name, this is his way. You see, Jesus said... Jesus actually said this about himself. He did. Luke records that Jesus kind of gave his own mission statement, if you will, or at least a part of it, when he describes the day that Jesus said, and Jesus was quoting Isaiah the prophet. Just big story there. But Jesus is saying, hey, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me, here's this word again, to bring good news. But who's the good news coming to? The poor. Which back in that day, nobody did anything for the poor, really. I mean, the poor, you just fend for yourself. Jesus said, no, my good news is for those who least expect to get good news. My good news is for those that no one's really going out of their way to provide good news for them. My good news for the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. And that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Jesus said, this is what I'm here to do. So in essence, Jesus was saying, I came to break chains to do away with the categories of slave and you can't be here and you can't come and you're not included. No, 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 no. No, slave is now a brother. And Jesus said, you know what? In my way of doing things, oppression, taking advantage of others, ceases. We're done with that. Isn't this a shift? Isn't this a shift in thinking? See, the way of Jesus, in the way of Jesus, we are brothers and sisters through Christ. We are brothers and sisters. Brotherhood means we have relationship, we have connection. We have commonality. We have a common origin. We've all been created in the image of God. All of us. We have a common struggle, pain and problems and sin. We have a common experience. It's called life. We're brothers and sisters. I wonder who, I wonder who, in your world, in your system, in your way of thinking, you would have a hard time looking at as brother. Who would you have a hard time looking at and calling her sister? Because see, in the way of Jesus, the person that you would push to the fringes, the person that you would most want to exclude has a seat at the table next to you. Could you pass the matzahs, please? Yeah. Uncomfortable, isn't it? And, and, and here's, here's something since we're all feeling nice and chummy. You know what this is about? This is about not just brotherhood, but it's about freedom. It's about freedom. Jesus' way is a way of freedom, but not freedom at the expense of any other person. Not freedom. At the expense of anyone that is being oppressed or taken advantage of in any way. That is not the way of Jesus. Jesus came to set us free and to bring freedom, but not at the expense of others. This is a major shift in how Americans, us, think of freedom. You see, when we think of freedom... We think of freedom in terms of power and might and status and control in the name of freedom. And we've kind of been trained to think that way, right? And our commitment to nationalism and all this talk about American being world superpower, and you fill in the blank and all of that. So when we think freedom, land of the free and home of the brave, We don't allow ourselves to think, who's being taken advantage of in the name of freedom? Who's being oppressed in the name of freedom? Uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. See, the way of Jesus brings freedom, and nobody's taken advantage of, and nobody's oppressed, and nobody is pushed to the side, and nobody gets left out. And then you take that and and add the label Christian to it. And now we're not just Americans, but those of us who are Americans and Christian Americans, that just adds another layer of complexity to it, doesn't it? As if, and if you, I mean, if you listen to some people, they would say as if it's God's will for Christian Americans to take over and dominate the world. Really? Because see, what I understand is the way of Jesus is not taking over anything, not dominating anything. In fact, Jesus' followers, towards the end of his earthly ministry, asked him to do that, tried to get him to do that. Hey, hey, Jesus, is now the time? Come on, we're going to take over, right? We're going to take over and we're going to kick spiritual butt and take names and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, we're going to, yeah, woo, yeah, we're on the Jesus team and everybody else is going down, baby. No, Jesus said, no, you're talking about stuff you don't even understand. And Jesus sidestepped the whole thing and then gave them their mission. And their mission was to take his good news of love, his law of love, and his gospel of peace to the world. That's your focus. See, the way of Jesus is not about taking over and dominating. The way of Jesus It's about love and peace and serving and mercy and grace and the way of Jesus is always an other's first way. You before me, you before me, no you, no you before me. And Jesus modeled that time and time and time again and said, guys, I've given you an example to follow. So in essence, this... The song, O Holy Night, is about describing the way of Jesus, what life is like now in the light of Jesus, now that God in Jesus has come to the world, the Savior of the world, the light of the world. This is what life looks like. So it's a question. It's really just a question. What does it mean for me and you to live the way of Jesus? What does it mean for this to be more than a song? What does it mean for us to just not just let this be words on a page? Well, the way of Jesus has everything to do with who Jesus is and how he lived, because we say we follow him. We call ourselves Christians, and in calling ourselves Christians, we are claiming his name, carrying his name, living in his name. And the author says, in his name, all oppression ceases. That means if you're going to claim the name of Jesus, then you should live the way Jesus lived. And you should treat people the way Jesus treated people. If you're going to attach your name to his, which if you call yourself a Christian, please understand, that is not a political statement. Please understand, that is a spiritual and a life statement. To call yourself a Christian is to attach your name to his name and his name to your name and to say, I'm going to live in his name, for his name, in his way. I'm going to live as he did and treat people the way he did. Yeah, that, That's what you're saying. Now, it doesn't guarantee, just because someone calls himself a Christian, doesn't guarantee that they're going to live in Jesus' name and that their life is going to reflect the way of Jesus. We all know that, right? All we got to do is look in the mirror and know that. But it should. To claim his name and carry his name should obligate us to live in his name and live in his way. But let's be honest. Some horrible things have happened in human history in the name of Jesus. Horrible things have been done. Just study history. Go back and look. The Crusades would be an example. Countless people slaughtered in the name of Jesus with the cross of Jesus being held high. These onward Christian soldiers if you will. Because people didn't believe like they believed, didn't live like they lived, and they did so thinking they were accomplishing the work of God, the way of Jesus. We look back on that now and go, oh no, 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 no. No, no, that's wrong. Somebody missed something horribly wrong. That is not the way of Jesus. We all agree. Did you know that the Holocaust was in the name of Jesus? Was in the name of Christianity? Yeah. Now, are not going to tell you that in the history books, but if you do some deeper digging and what motivated it and the real why, we all look back on that and go, oh, no, 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 no. No. Did you know that even slavery, the embarrassing years of slavery. In this country's history, much of it, I'm not going to say all of it, but much of it was done in the name of Jesus. That this is just the way it is. And God's okay with it. I hope we're at a place now where all of us can look back on that and go, no, 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 no. That is not the way of Jesus. I wonder what else we are doing now. I wonder what ways we live now. I wonder who we take advantage of. I wonder who we oppress. I wonder who we push to the edges now and that later on, they'll look back on our generation and go, oh, no, 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 no. This is not the way. Not the way of Jesus because still today, still today, in his name, people hate on one another. They isolate one another. They attack one another in his name. If you don't believe me, just look at Facebook. Pay attention to Facebook and how Christians talk to people who believe differently than they believe, who live differently than they, be- than they live. Just, just, just pay attention. In his name, carrying his name, living attached to his name, because we call ourselves Christians and people go to church. And we just go, how could you? And I can't believe. And you're so wrong. And you're going to burn. And hell's going to be hot for you. And blah, 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 And how, you know, what, what? All right, let me just be really uncomfortably honest. I don't do Facebook because it's just another way for me to disappoint people, and I don't do that. So, <laughs> but, but when I catch wind of, you know, when people leave comments on our church's Facebook page, you know, about things that are posted or whatever, and, and, and some people will leave, you know, attacking comments, and what about this, and then I see the responses that some of us, How could you, and you're so wrong, and you don't know what you're talking about? It makes me want to shut down the whole thing. That is not the way. That is not the way of Jesus. We don't attack. We don't look down on. We don't push people to the side just because they believe differently, think differently, live differently, look differently. Jesus didn't do that. His law is love. His gospel is peace. Never, never, never. We take advantage of others. The way of Jesus is not just about what you believe about Jesus. That's important. But the way of Jesus is not just what you believe about God. That's important. The way of Jesus is primarily how you live your life and specifically how you treat others and whether or not you treat others as Jesus treated others. And never, ever, ever, for any reason do we take advantage of another so if your version of christianity and my version of christianity and our version of christianity does not reflect jesus's way of life then we've missed something somewhere we've misunderstood something somewhere and we're misusing his name and i don't care who says what in the media i don't care who says what with what title, I don't care what pastor says what, I don't, I don't care what theologian, it doesn't matter what title they have or what kind of platform they have. Anyone who says, I'm a Christian, and they live a life and promote things and have an attitude that are not reflective with Jesus's life and attitude, they've missed something somewhere. They've misunderstood something somewhere, and they're misusing Jesus's name. Now, this does not mean Jesus was a pushover. No, love, we've said this before, true love will kick your butt. And Jesus had harsh words for people who were not willing to do the hard work of loving their neighbor. Because love is hard to do, a list, much easier. You're in, you're out. You're right, you're wrong. But love, no matter what, no matter what, Kind of love, unconditional love, irrational love, the kind of love that makes you put yourself on a cross and die for the sins of all humanity kind of love, that makes you want to wash the feet of those around you kind of love. (laughs) Yeah, the hardest thing you'll ever do. Nothing easy about it. And if our version of Christianity doesn't look like his way of life, we've missed something. We need to come back to the way of Jesus. Hey, do you guys know what a come-to-Jesus meeting is? <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. You're laughing. I don't know who started that. I, I don't know where the origin of that. I don't, I don't know who officially for the very, very first time says, we're about to have a come-to-Jesus meeting up in here. right? I, I don't know where or I, I don't know. But we all know. We all know, right? Somewhere along the line, it's become a part of, at least in America, and I, I wonder if that translates to other cultures. That would be fascinating if someone knew that. But at least... In our part of the world, you say we're about to have a come-to-Jesus meeting and you know what's getting ready to go down. And isn't it interesting that there will be many come-to-Jesus meetings happening in the next few days, over the holidays, all over our homes. And isn't it fascinating that it's almost always mama that calls them? (laughs) Or grandma. Isn't it? I don't know why. It's the women of the family that seem to lead those come-to-Jesus meetings. I guess the men are too focused on... I don't know, enjoying the stretchy eating pants and stuff. And I have stereotypes. I shouldn't do that. I get in trouble. But we know what to come to Jesus meeting. I come to Jesus meeting is when the matriarch, or the patriarch, or someone in charge calls people together, and they say, "Hey, listen, gang, listen. In this house, we don't talk like that. In this house, we don't treat each other that way. In this family." I, 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 I know they said it, but I don't give a whatever about what they said. I, I know you do it at school. I, fine, fine. I'm sure Billy's family, but we ain't Billy's family. I don't care what they do out there in this house, in this family. We will not speak to each other that way. We will not treat each other. Are y'all with me? Y'all feel that? We all feel like we're in trouble right now, don't we? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Right? I believe, I believe, thank you, I might. <laughs> I believe that that's what the church needs. I believe that through the scriptures, that's what we're getting here. Is a come to Jesus moment led by Jesus who says, Hey, hey, gang, listen, you carry my name, you live in my name. You attach your name to mine and mine to yours. I'm cool with that. That's fine. That's great. That's why I came. But if you're going to do that, in my way, we don't treat each other like this. And we don't do things like this. We don't speak to each other that way. I know, you're, I know they're your enemy. I get it. I know you say, but, you know, in my way, the slave is your brother, and, and you love your enemies, and you do good to those who hurt you, and you do good to those who call you names, and you, and you serve them, and you wash their feet if necessary, you You might even die for them, because I did. And and, and up in here, in my house, in my name, this is the way we do things. You see, when we begin to come back to that and answer this question, how can I live? How can I live Jesus' way today? Me, me, because this starts with me. This starts with you. This starts with us. I can't point my finger at you. You can't point your finger at me. we got to look in the mirror and say, how can I live Jesus' way when I go home today? When I'm sitting in traffic, how do I live Jesus' way? When I'm at the office, how do I live Jesus' way? When I'm interacting with people I don't like and don't like me, who I disagree with and they disagree with me, whom we see eye to eye, don't see eye to eye on politics, we don't see eye to eye on religion, we just don't see eye to eye on life. How do I live Jesus' way to them? in this next conversation I'm getting ready to have. How do I have this conversation in the way of Jesus? Yeah, because see, when we start living in the way of Jesus, paying attention to who we look down on and who we are taking advantage of and who we're pushing to the side, when we start living in the way of Jesus, that is when Christmas comes alive because that is when what's on earth becomes as it is in heaven. And that is when it will once again, and maybe for the first time for some people, be good news, great joy, all people. It's not an infomercial. It's true. And it's up to you, and it's up to me, and it's up to us. Everybody stand. All locations, everybody stand. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for ourselves. We're going to pray for each other. I feel like we're all just had a good old come to Jesus meeting together and I, I've needed a front row seat to this meeting. Let's pray and ask God to help us live Jesus's way. Father, Father, help us. Help us live your way, Jesus's way today. May we be inspired by the the lyrics of this beautiful song. May we be more inspired by the words of Jesus who gave us an example and a commandment to live that is so simple yet so demanding. May we stop looking down on people and pushing people aside and may we begin in our own homes, and our own lives, looking for opportunities to display your way in every way we live. That's when... The world will be drawn to you and they will experience the good news and have great joy and realize it's for all people. Everybody's welcome to come to the table that you have set in your grace and in your love and through your great mercy. May we receive and then share your love, because truly you taught us to love one another law is love and your gospel is peace you break chains and we're brothers we're sisters and in your name we live and in your name we pray